1: Profit First Nation is the podcast for intelligent entrepreneurs who have taken ownership of their financials and leveraged Profit First as a cash management system to make their businesses permanently profitable. I am Danielle Mulvey, an expert at guiding entrepreneurs on owning their financials in as little as 11 minutes per day and doing Profit First right. If you are a fan of Profit First and its author, Mike Michalowicz, you have found your tribe. We are a nation of successful entrepreneurs driven to be permanently profitable with a grit and a growth mindset that lets no obstacle stand in our way in pursuit of the three P's passion, profit, and play on profit. First nation, we dive into advanced profit 1st strategies and share the honest and authentic ups and downs of being a business owner. Now today we have a very special guest, a fellow entrepreneur who has implemented profit first in his business. But I'd also like to um, talk about James C. White as the White J.C. White Law Group. And James helps people and companies facing serious financial injury by bringing and defending lawsuits and representing debtors in bankruptcy. He has successfully taken on banks, large financial institutions, and other corporations in David versus Goliath cases, and is recognized by his peers as one of the top civil litigation lawyers in the state of North Carolina. And um, we are here to talk about, um, you know, sometimes you need a reset. Sometimes you're not going to be totally successful. And it's time to hit pause, and it's time to regroup and do other things. And so we're going to talk through all those options today with James. So welcome to Profit First Nation, James.
0: Well, thank you, Danielle.
1: And tell us, I mean, we connected because um, you are a member of Profit First Nation and listen to the podcast. Tell us about how you first heard about Profit First.
0: Yeah, um, I first heard about Profit First on uh, another podcast, the... um, Lawyerist podcast and Mike McCallowitz had been on there and talked about it, and um, something about what he was saying in terms of cash management really resonated. Um, So I went out and read the book that week. Um, I set up my accounts within two weeks, so I I did it pretty quickly. And it reminded me of a book I'd read several years before, which was Getting Things Done, the David Allen book. Okay, because uh, well, that book uh, affected me in a similar sort of way because. I had had to-do lists for years, and I'd obviously managed my time for years, and I'd been fairly successful at managing my time, but I realized that actually there was a way I could look at my time and take care of my time that was just different, that was more um, uh, deliberate and uh, kind of gave me more time and made my time more effective. And I found profit first was the same thing. I mean, many of them were things I I was already doing, but it added a kind of control to it that, uh, I hadn't had before.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Cause I always think of lawyers being like super efficient on their time because it seems like they spend 26 hours a day doing billable work. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> but, but it does seem like, you know, since you guys are typically billing for your hours that you needed a time, more of a time management system, but it sounds like you have leveraged, um, dividing up your time to achieve what you need to achieve. Right.
0: Uh, I think that's right. Uh because um I think for for anyone who has a business, not just lawyers, uh, anyone in a service business, I mean your time is your product. Right. And um what getting things done did was it let me really understand what was priority, what uh was a way to 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 juggle multiple product, you know, projects at the same time, multiple cases. And, um, with profit first, I had, there were things that I had been doing. I had a tax account. I had the equivalent of a vault account, uh, with, you know, a decent amount of, of, of reserve, but there was nothing systematic about the way money would go into those accounts. So there were things I knew how to do, but I didn't have a system for doing it. And I found profit first kind of created a system that made sure, yes, there was money for profit. Yes, there was money set aside for an owner's draw, Yeah. There was money set aside for taxes and it was set aside at the right time.
1: And so then obviously, too, like with your business um, now being on profit first, but also with your time and the book, Getting Things Done, I I guess you're operating more, too, uh, and maximizing Parkinson's law in terms of like, you know, instead of giving yourself five hours to do something, giving yourself three hours to do something or giving yourself, you know, a, a certain budget to spend on office expenses, et cetera.
0: I, I think that's right. I mean, uh, <laughs> this podcast is an example of that. I mean, I, I had a month that was slower. So, in terms of marketing expenses, marketing was things that I could do by sending an email uh, versus something I would pay for. And I think those are the kind of trade offs that people uh, make when you're watching your uh, uh, your cash management the way that Profit First lets you. I mean, you spend what you have to the extent that you can.
1: Great. So it sounds like you've made some shifts in terms of your marketing and and looking at and making sure that you're getting a six times to 10 times ROI on those marketing expenses, even if that marketing expense is your time, right?
0: I think that's right. Um, and uh, certainly for a, a referral business, um, as law tends to be, I mean, the, the, your biggest marketing tool is your time.
1: Awesome. So what do you think has been your biggest aha with Profit First? You mentioned that um, we talked previously in that you implemented this before COVID. What kind of impact did that have, having it already implemented?
0: Well, I, I mean, I think um, the, the, the biggest aha for me with, uh, with Profit First was um, just, just a sense of ease in, in knowing that these key pieces were under control. Um, like I said, i had a tax account. Um, I would fund the tax account, but I tended to do it at the end of the month, not at the beginning of the month. Um, and I think a lot of people will do that. I'd look at what's left and decide, okay, I need to set aside money for taxes. Um, instead, knowing that money comes in, it's being set aside for taxes. There is this amount set aside for profit. Um, it, it, it was the, the ease of knowing that there was something sort of automatic, that that the cash would be managed automatically. Um and I would know what I have. I mean looking at the bank accounts they they make more sense now.
1: Awesome. That's great. And what advice would you give to someone who, you know, has read the book or heard about it but hasn't quite implemented profit first yet?
0: Um I think the the biggest advice and I've heard it on the the podcast as well is is to to to, to just get started. Um I think um, it, it, it can sometimes be overwhelming uh, to look at uh, – running a business can be overwhelming, uh, certainly, and, and looking at all the pieces you have to running a business uh, can be overwhelming. But I think that the, 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 the biggest bit of advice is just to, to simply start because, for me, it, it actually made things easier rather than harder um, because you simply have a path to follow. Um, and it could be, and, and I think this is true of, uh, when you're talking about Parkinson's law, I mean, the, 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 things that we need to, uh, change in ourselves might be different from person to person. And you might find there are pieces that have a, a huge impact on you and pieces that are just easy, but nonetheless, I think, um, simply getting si- simply taking the next step. Uh, and I guess the first step is open the accounts, begin allocating and, um, you know, take it from there.
1: And you heard it from Jim, it's, it's actually made things easier, not harder, by implementing Profit First and having that systemization of having this cash management system implemented in his business. So focus on that, guys. It's going to make your business <laughs> easier because you're going to be able to see what cash you have on hand and know what you have to spend. So let's transition now. You talked about also, too, you mentioned um sort of sometimes the overwhelm of being a business owner. And so I think that this is a great kind of transition into the topic that we teased at the beginning. Um, And and that is, you know, sometimes you're going to fail as an entrepreneur. And, you know, I'm going to share a personal story first. I talk about, oh, I started my first business when I was 25. I had an advertising and marketing agency in Nashville. It was the Maverick Group. We were in business for eight years And um, it got really hard at the end because I got into a hole. Now, some of the details on the hole, some individuals signed credit agreements um, for broadcast stations with my name on them, and I did not sign them. And so, you know, we were so busy and some people took the liberty of like, well, let's just get this going. Let's get this client on the air. They're ready to go. They want to be on the air. They've got an opening coming up, et cetera. And I obviously did not really own the financials of my business at the time. I was, um, you know, just again, so busy and such. But the tragic part is, is that client that um, we extended technically credit to, didn't pay us. And so we did a significant amount of advertising to support them. We had bills to pay. I got ourselves into a deep hole and it kind of became to the point of uh, I, I, I I, didn't know how we were going to get out of that hole. So um, thankfully, an opportunity came along um, where we were actually absorbed by a client, another client, um, and that kind of helped mitigate um, the the situation that I was in. Had a soft landing for um, our employees and um, and what was going on and such, but um, you know I would say that my first business was a failure because it closed after eight years and ceased operations. Now I didn't have to file bankruptcy, but bankruptcy is an option. Um, so Jim, let's talk about why it's okay. Like nothing lasts forever, um, and you know, we, we have a little treat for you. Um, we're going to play Kenny Rogers' song at the end of this um, about, uh, you know, know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, and know when to run. So, Jim, why don't you um, kind of talk us through all of those options that entrepreneurs have when things just seem way too overwhelming?
0: Yeah, and Danielle, what that you talked about about the fighting banks that I do, and I, I do fight banks and I like fighting banks, but the other thing I do is a uh, bankruptcy law. So I will represent, uh, small businesses that, um, are considering bankruptcy. Um, and I appreciate you sharing your story. And I think, um, a, a key thing about your story, um, is it, it it highlights that that line between failure and success can sometimes be very thin that you know there are times times that's why being an one of the reasons why being an entrepreneur is so hard uh because you hit these key moments in your business where it will either make it or it won't and when people talk about businesses failing um i think it you know you have this sense and i think we carry it with us that i'm a failure or um it failed because I'm a failure or it, it, it's blaming yourself. But often, you know, that 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 line between in your situation having to file bankruptcy or not is do you get the deal that takes you out? Uh, do you get the new customer? You know, are you this close to getting uh, the contract that you need? And it just doesn't happen. And, and I think that's what entrepreneurs do is, you know, you, you, you're in a, a, a uh, entrepreneurs face risk. And um, risks are calculated, and sometimes calculated risks don't work. I mean, when I see small businesses, it's interesting, there's a sense with bankruptcy that you know, bankruptcy is a, a, just, just a bad word for business. But um, I rarely will see, both on the personal side, I've represented hundreds, maybe thousands of people in personal bankruptcies. And on the business side, I rarely see people filing bankruptcy because they're irresponsible. Um I think irresponsible people probably don't file bankruptcy; they just continue doing what they're doing, uh, but small businesses that fail tend to fail. big reason is employee embezzlement
1: yes you know, the oh. story you
0: talked about that yeah. that is a major thing I see because that's completely out of your control um your story i've seen it before um it, it people sign uh for other people uh that happens uh and um Loss of a large client that can be folded into your story too, and the other thing is lawsuits. Uh, that uh, a business gets hit with a lawsuit, the cost of defending the lawsuit will bury them. Um, sometimes businesses—I uh, have a case of a, a business that was killed by its own success because—and this is part of owning your financials. There's a there was a business. It was an internet business, and it sold these fairly small. Mar- small items, small in the sense of $50 or $60, but they had a very, very thin margin uh, where the margin, say, was $5 an item. Uh, They lost a shipment from China. The cost of chargebacks was $10 an item. So that meant that they lost money on every item they lost, even though they were fully insured, even though they thought they were running their business right. It killed them.
1: You know, and that's a that's a great point, because I'll have to say, I mean, my company was called the Maverick Group, and I was probably too Maverick and you know, just thinking, oh, I'm I'm young, we don't have all this overhead, we don't have all these expensive people on staff and such. But I'm gonna be honest, like I we did not charge enough margin. I mean, we made the standard commission on on media and we kind of just tried to to build our business by being foolishly, you know, less expensive than the big agencies in town and, you know, would I have had more margin, you know, I would have had more cushion because that is something that is so important. So for anyone listening right now, regardless of the situation that you're in, margin is your friend. There's only two ways to increase profitability, increase margin and decrease expenses. And margin gives you cushion. Margin gives you, you know, self-insurance when things go wrong in your business because you have that money and that cash in your business, those retained earnings set aside to help you navigate things that are beyond your control. So um, excellent point there in in sharing that about the business. But let's talk about, you mentioned that um, there's also um, a new type of bankruptcy designed for small businesses. There
0: there is. It was just,
1: it was enacted, it was
0: coincidental that
1: it was enacted almost immediately
0: before COVID. Um, But it's, it's, it's a, a provision of the bankruptcy code, code called subchapter five. So it's subchapter five of chapter 11. Uh, chapter 11 bankruptcies, because when people think about bankruptcy too, they, they, they'll they often think about a funeral for the business. You know, that hmm. chapter 11 is a, or chapter seven bankruptcy is just sort of a way to uh, kind of kill the business in a controlled way. Chapter 11 bankruptcies are bankruptcies that are designed to allow a business to restructure. So in a situation where there is simply been too much debt built up and, you know, getting in, attempting to manage it, you're just getting deeper. A Chapter 11 bankruptcy can allow a business to propose a a plan to its creditors and get them to pay their debt over time. Subchapter 5 is designed, it was originally designed for businesses that were less than, I think it was $2.47 million in debt. And uh, it was extended to businesses with less than $7.5 million in debt. Uh, it's much faster and cheaper than a traditional Chapter 11, which was designed for much larger businesses. So uh, businesses can com- come in and come out of it. They also have a trustee. Uh, I'm, I'm a chapter, uh, a Subchapter 5 trustee. And, and Subchapter 5 trustees almost serve as a, a consultant to the business during the bankruptcy. And, and their job is to come in, look at the business, see how the business is doing, and also help the business deal with its creditors so that it, it's a system that doesn't leave you on its own. You come in and a professional comes in and looks at your business uh, as you're working with your creditors. Uh, and I mean, they just started last year, but um, it, in, in my experience had been that small businesses had trouble in Chapter 11 because it was simply too costly costly. Mm -hmm. Um, With the small businesses that I've been involved in, in subchapter fives, so far, for the most part, they have been successful in coming back out. And we'll see, you know, just how that works. But it is an option for a business. I I think the thing about, you know, looking at something like a bankruptcy reorganization um, is it's many of the same issues that a business is addressing, but it simply has, has crossed to a point where They can't be addressed absent some control of the situation. Usually, expenses um, and usually debt. Um, So it's usually a situation where there is simply, like, often one one sign that a business might need to consider Chapter Eleven is when they get to the point where they're they're looking at cash advance loans. You know, these loans where um, a company will come in and you end up paying them daily.
1: Oh, right. uh, out of your
0: daily cash flow. And I've seen too many businesses that, you know, get this injection of cash and feel like they're okay, but then their cash flow is destroyed.
1: Well, and then usually it's at a very high interest rate. One of my first profit-first clients um, was in that sort of situation um, where as soon as money came in, it 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 made against a payment. But, the, I mean, the interest rates, I just couldn't believe that
0: they are. And really the only way out of it is either – something like a chapter 11 that restructures it or, or just getting in more cash. Yeah. I mean, just increasing the money that comes in so you can manage this and get rid of it.
1: So, you know, I mean, if, if you're in a situation where it just feels overwhelming, then make sure that you guys are talking about it to, to people and to experts and to, you know, lawyers like Jim who, you know, have helped businesses, you know, walk through things, as he said, you know, I mean, and, and being a business owner himself, he, he kind of serves as, as a bit of a consultant and can help you understand the pros and the cons and the pluses and the minuses to things. But you know, I mean, let's be honest, nothing lasts forever. According to small business of small businesses, unfortunately fail all the time. And according to uh, the small business administration, about 550,000 small businesses close each year. And the average lifespan of a small business is about eight and a half years right now. So you know it's it's okay when you come to this fork in the road um, of you know do you proceed or do you do you go down another path? And it's okay. I mean, I like to think of you know. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I struggled. I struggled. It was it was embarrassing to a certain degree that I had gotten myself into a situation. And you know, obviously, in our new organization. Everyone knows that they cannot sign anything. Um I've tried to rectify what I didn't know back then. Um, but you can't know everything. Right. And you know, things are gonna happen that are beyond your control. And I really, again, I struggled. I was embarrassed. I felt like a failure. and it took me a it took me a while to to like come back. Um, but I think of Steve Jobs, and I mean, really, you know, Steve Jobs was fired from Apple and, you know, went away and was kind of like, People thought, okay, well, he's done. He's, he's, he's not the guy to run Apple. But look at Steve Jobs came back and Steve Jobs just came back and became an Apple that probably wouldn't have happened had he not gone through that, you know, that sort of bit of failure that he experienced um, being fired by the company. And, you know, Mike Michalowicz, the author of Profit First, um, is also very open too about, you know, the businesses that he's had. That have not succeeded. Um, And and it's okay. It's okay. We learn from things and we keep growing and we keep expanding. And um, again, nothing lasts forever. So you need to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away and know when to run. So Jim, thank you so much for joining us. If you would like to reach out to Jim, you can connect with him via his website JCWhitelaw.com. Again, that's JCWhitelaw.com. If you would like to work with a Profit First professional bookkeeper, accountant, or a coach who has the heart of a teacher and who can help walk you through things as well and really help you understand your numbers and your situation, then please visit ProfitFirstNation.com and click on Contact and you can connect with a Profit First professional there. And cheers to another profitable day, my entrepreneurial friends. Profit First Nation website, related podcasts, and resources are provided for general information, purposes only, and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, accounting, or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional.